one's a movie buff, one watches movies just enough. Together, fun will be had by all. This is Nadine Cadian at the Movies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nadine and Katie at the Movies. I'm your host, Nathan, a.k.a. Nadie, of course, and with me as always on this journey of movies is my good friend, Katie. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm doing great, actually. <laughs> that, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that you're doing great. Would you're you like waiting, to? You're like, you're waiting for what I was eating. The movie that we're about to talk about is The Flash. Now, by the time this episode drops, this movie has been out for a little bit over a week. And I thought I'd explain real quick why we drop the episodes when we do. The reason we drop the episodes when we do is because we are very kind people and we want to avoid spoilers. So we don't want to just review a movie a couple days after we go see it. We like to give it time to breathe a little bit. Even though with this movie, a lot of things have already been released about it. Basically, everybody knows what happens in this movie. But again, we just like to take our time because we want to make sure everyone has a chance to see the movie before we review it. Even though the point of reviews is to make up your mind if you're going to see it or not. But anyway, without any further ado, let's jump right into The Flash. But of course, before we jump right into it, we got to do the synopsis. The Flash is about Barry Allen, who uses his super speed to change the past, but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. The Flash stars Sasha Cali as Supergirl. She was in Young and the Restless. That's basically the only thing she's known for. This is like her first big thing. Also, it stars Ben Affleck as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Ben Affleck has been in Argo, Air, and a bunch of other movies. This movie also stars Ezra Miller as Barry Allen slash The Flash. Ezra Miller has been in The Perks of Being a Wallflower and some other stuff. It also stars Michael Keaton as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Michael Keaton has been in Birdman, The Founder, and of course, Spider-Man Homecoming. When I saw the trailer for this, Stuff had already come out about Ezra Miller. So I was kind of reluctant about seeing this movie. Katie, I don't know. Do you know any of the things that have been reported about Ezra Miller? I had not heard a ton about Ezra. I know that Ezra goes by they, them pronouns now. And I know that there's been some trouble with the law. So I looked up a little more. And yeah, there's like some... Re- it's not like a speeding ticket. We're talking about Ezra's was choking a woman, was possibly kidnapped a child, like threw a chair at a woman. It's pretty bad, actually. And now Ezra's going through like some mental health crisis and getting help, which if you pay attention in the beginning of the movie, they kind of make a joke about. Did you catch that, Nathan? Yeah, I actually saw this with my wife and I actually turned to her and I said, that was a funny joke. And she didn't get it because basically what The Flash says Maybe you should go seek some mental help and because, but the justice league isn't really good at that. And I should know. And he, you know, they made a point to have the line say, I, and trust me, I should know 
or something right. or trust me. I think I think the 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 purpose in that was probably because everyone that was a part of this movie probably knows that their movies at risk because everyone is not sure how to feel about Ezra. So yeah, I kind of thought that was a half-hearted clever attempt at saying, "Hey, we know Ezra has some mental health issues. Put that in the back of your mind and just watch our movie." I, I think I think they're trying to own up to it, acknowledge it and then say, "Let's just move on." Which I, I kind of did appreciate. And the fact that it was coming from him means that he's obviously okay with people being aware of that. That line may not be so on the nose, though. If you know a lot about the Justice League characters, a lot of them come from trauma. And so a lot of them might be dealing with mental health issues themselves. Because Oh, that's a good point. Like Batman comes from trauma. Wonder Woman, kind of. Superman, his planet was destroyed. Aquaman, he lives in the ocean and people pollute it. So trauma is everywhere for these characters. So that's true. I don't know if it was so much written because of that. I just think it was kind of funny that that was in there. I bring up the point too, that I don't know that I want to kind of get right into the movie and what our thoughts are. However, I think the dangerous thing here is when you know too much outside of the movie, it really does affect how you see the movie. So if I had never researched anything at all about the drama between how many directors they had or the actors and actresses and the choices and what company bought this. So they're allowed to say that and blah, blah, blah. All the inner workings of that. I really try to put outside of my brain so I can just enjoy or not enjoy the movie. But, uh, I, I would say in general, I liked this movie. I think the reasons I liked it were because it does the thing I want a movie to do. I laughed. I cried. I was surprised. And so that was a big win for me. That being said, I don't think it was a fantastic movie. But the more I sit and think about it after viewing and the more I incorporate it into maybe the future of DC, it makes me second guess. So what were some things you liked? I'll say this. Despite the things I knew about Ezra going into this movie, I think Ezra's performance was probably one of my favorites. I thought they did a really good job portraying the character. I know a lot of people's complaints was that they were miscast as Barry Allen slash the flash. And I think they did a really good job with having two versions of this character. They had, you know, the one that we've known in all the other DC movies. And then they had one from the past who was slightly more annoying than the one that we have been, you know, shown before. And so he kind of had to come to terms with the fact that, yeah, he's super annoying and maybe he should, you know, calm down a bit. And so I thought they did a really good job doing that because it did help that characters kind of calm down and not be as annoying and take up the mantle of a actual superhero. And going into that, I would say this is the first and this is kind of sad because this is supposed to be, you know, the last one in the DCEU. But this is the very first DCEU movie that actually felt like a comic book movie. Before this, you had Man of Steel, which I loved Man of Steel. You had Man of Steel, you had Wonder Woman. All these movies were very dark and gritty and didn't feel lighthearted and fun. I mean, they were not. And again, I'm not saying they weren't good movies, but they didn't feel like a comic book movie. I stated in the last episode that we did that I was watching all of them in chronological order. And so I was able to rewatch Aquaman, which my first sitting of Aquaman, I didn't like it. My second sitting during that chronological watch, 
I was like, you know what? This one actually feels like a comic book movie too. But I think the flash actually finally found what the DCEU should have been the entire time. Fun, exciting, likable characters, intriguing story. And it's just, it stinks that this is the, this could be the last official DCEU movie. And it's leaving us with like, man, that's what it should have been the whole time. I, yeah. I think that you're spot on. One of the best performances in the movie was definitely Ezra. I think that the Barry stuff, I almost forgot that it's the same actor. I mean, they kudos to the editing that you're literally watching the same actor carry himself through a wall, having this deep dialogue. I, I'm curious how they filmed that because I really think it could flop if it wasn't a good actor, one who's truly able to act not looking at another person because they're supposed to be looking at themselves. So I'm sure they had a stand in, but yeah, I thought it was incredible, completely flawless. At no point did I think, Oh, look at how they've edited this, which to me is impressive. And the other thing would be, I liked all the characters like you're saying, but where I felt like a negative was that I didn't get enough time to even really connect with Supergirl or even the bad guy. So we have the, the bad guy come in. I think he was in another DC movie. But the whole ending sequence where they fight, spoiler, Supergirl dies and also so does Spider-Man. And so it just felt weird. Like, why did you bring them in this movie just to have them die? Like, it, it seemed too quick. Like, what was the point in Supergirl being there? Other than some kind of fan service. Same with Batman. I think they were afraid this movie was going to flop. So they were like, let me get some, like, just bring Batman in to have, like, clickbait, to have fan service. And then we'll just kill him off in the end. Well, the whole story of Flashpoint, you know, it, it wasn't a surprise that they had all these big cameos. Michael Keaton's Batman, even though you just called him Spider-Man. I don't know if you caught yourself saying that. Oops, and sorry. also Sasha Cal's Supergirl. I, I, it made sense for them to be there. It also made sense, even though it was sad, to kill off Michael Keaton's Batman. Because his was strictly just supposed to be, like you said, fan service cameo. Sasha Callie's Supergirl, I was surprised that they killed her off because they could still use her in the future for DCU movies because they are planning a Supergirl movie. That I was kind of surprised. But then again, you know, he goes back and he changes some stuff again, and we'll get into the cameos for that, which kind of brings me back to another like. I actually enjoyed all the non CGI cameos. I loved Gal Gadot's cameo as Wonder Woman. I thought that was hilarious with the lasso of truth. I liked, and I'm going to say this, I didn't like Ben Affleck's Batman before, but just like I said with this whole movie, I think they finally got Ben Affleck's Batman right. And now that's probably the last time, even though apparently he's supposed to be in Aquaman too. But the, those two movies could be the last time we ever see him as Batman. And they finally got him right. And that that just makes me very frustrated. And then, of course, the big non-CGI cameo at the end, which I thought I, I thought was completely random and was funny because if you know the backstory of this person's time in the DC universe, then yes, it's funny. But Ezra goes back in time. He gets his father off being in jail and he goes back and he thinks everything's hunky-dory. He sees a car drive up. He thinks it's Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. And who gets out of the car? Spoiler alert. 
George Clooney's Bruce Wayne gets out of the car and everyone in the audience was completely silent because either they didn't get it or they didn't think it was funny. Well, and it's funny that you say he was kind of a flop of a Batman because it, it reminds me of Star Wars that when we had our Star Wars series and we interviewed several people, everyone's going to be biased towards what they grew up with. So I am young enough that George Clooney was the Batman for me. I know that uh, Michael Keaton was like right before, like he was when I was maybe in elementary school. So I remember some of my brother's friends having like toys of that realm. But the one that I actually remember first watching was the George Clooney one. So to me, he was my (laughs) original Batman. So I didn't have any problems with him. Like that was the Batman and Robin, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Iceman or whatever his name. So I didn't find a problem with his Batman. I would agree with you. The cameos were definitely fun. Uh, And I wish Wonder Woman had spent more time. To me, she has carried a lot of the DC universe. So I'm glad they like threw her in there. But I wish we had seen more of her. I noticed that you're very intentional to say the real life cameos. And I think that's because you must not have liked the CGI version of cameos. Here's why that fell flat for me. Three reasons. Number one, the CGI was disturbing looking. I, whether the directors have tried to say it was intentional, I don't care if it was. It just looked weird. Number two, it felt odd. It didn't make sense why it was happening. There was no explanation for why. And number three, unfortunate timing. I just saw the Spider Verse where I felt like we just did that same thing. So it felt very, very much like who copied who. I just watched this happen, especially even the Spider Man, the live action one where Toby comes back and. Andrew Garfield. It's just like, wow, is this all our movies are now? Not only are we doing remakes, but now we're doing remakes where the movie is relying on mentioning previous movies because, again, we don't feel confident enough in what we're making. I can't stand that. That was probably my biggest dislike was those horrible, horrible, non-justifiable. There's no way, there is no way you can justify how bad those, that CGI looked. There was no point because going back to across the spider-verse when they showed miles the different versions of spider-man they showed comic book clippings they showed just still pictures from the other movies they did all these other things to show these different versions of spider-man okay why in the world would you think it's a good idea to cgi christopher reeves george reeves as batman Whoever the Flash version was supposed to be, you know, there's these, this big question of who who was that as the Flash? They think some people think it was the guy from the TV show, The Flash. Some people think it was the original TV show, Flash. The fact that no one knows who that was supposed to be means it was a bunch of poop. The only one I thought was cool, even though, again, it was CGI, was Nicolas Cage's Superman because there was that Superman movie that Nicolas Cage was supposed to star in. Tim Burton was supposed to direct it. And he was literally supposed to be fighting a giant spider robot who I think, who I think was supposed to be Brainiac. I thought that was cool that that was shown, but at the same time it was still CGI. And then you hear reports that both him and Helen Slater who played the original Supergirl were actually asked to come in and film stuff. So I'm like, why in the world would you not use that? And why it's a little word I like to call archive footage. You could have used archive footage of George Reeves, uh, Batman. You could have used archive footage of, of Christopher Reeves, 
Superman. You did not have to make them look like these dumb cartoon characters. What it if just, they didn't just, have the rights to it or something? Maybe they were like, well, we I have mean, to I'm sure they like do because it, you know it's all under DC. So I'm sure they have the rights. But is it right to do that and make them look stupid? <laughs> I, I'm not one of those people who say, oh, they shouldn't have done that. It makes it makes Christopher Reeves memory of Superman tainted. I know. I, I don't think that at all. I just think it looks stupid. <laughs> and then people are saying that the the CGI Henry Cavill as Superman, that that's our last memory of <laughs> Henry Cavill as Superman is him CGI shirtless jumping towards something. That's the last time we're going to see him as Superman. So I think that was kind of like a spit in the face to him. But right. it, was okay, just, well, it was just a hot mess. It's just so interesting. They must have run out of money at the end because we we're saying that in the same breath that we just complimented how ridiculously impressive it was that they were able to edit together two versions of Barry. So that's I think the only See, thing that makes me confused. Like, was it intentional? Hold on. hold on. You were the one who was impressed by that. I never said I was impressed. I thought that looked okay, terrible fair. too. Because you can tell if you're paying attention, you can tell who the real actor is and who is computer animated. It it looked crappy. It, the CGI just looked ridiculous. And it's not like this hasn't been done before. It's been done in TV shows and it looked better than that. It just doesn't make any sense why why the CGI looks so bad. And here's the thing. You're going to say it's justifiable that some of the CGI look bad. Well, tell me where it's not justifiable that the CGI look bad. Because you can't tell me that every single moment I'm like, man, that looks crappy. That that's justifiable. On that note, let's skip ahead to maybe another part that I think you'd want to talk about, which is the beginning of the movie. You have this big sequence. It's kind of your first experience of what the Flash is capable of doing. There's like a building collapsing. Babies are flying through the air. Nurse flying through the air. It's wild. So the CGI was agree terrible. There's a baby in a microwave at one point. What did you think of that whole scene? Again, this is something that I knew about going in. And before when I went in, I had my apprehensions about it. I was like, eh, I don't know. I actually thought it was funny. I thought, of course, the CGI looked terrible. So that kind of took me out of it. I thought it was humorous. My wife, who was sitting next to me, did not think it was humorous whatsoever. She did not like it. Maybe it's a mom thing because I was in the same boat. Like the humor was kind of lost on me on like the dementedness of think like just just even making the hint that there was a possibility that babies would be flying through the air and die, just be splattered on the ground. Like that's not funny to me at all. I would agree with her. Like that made me just cringe. And yes, I'm, I know the whole time they're going to get saved, but just even the thought that it could happen was like, ah. And speaking of the fact that my wife went to go see this movie with me, that brings me to my segment called Elizabeth Likes and Dislikes. Michael Keaton as Batman. She said she liked him. My wife also did very much disliked the baby scene. I have a few more dislikes. Now that I'm, I'm on a rant, man, I think I'm losing point. This is losing points as we talk. Because I've got two big things, and one of them is more overarching. I'd like to speak directly to DC and Marvel. 
I just want there to be one universe where everything is happening because it is too chaotic to understand. Like I spent the last, probably the last third of the movie, it felt like I was so confused. Like, so is Supergirl really dead? Is she not? Did we, we didn't even catch the bad guy or did we? Cause I never got official closure. Like we got the implication there was closure there. Cause we went back in time, but then he doesn't go back in time. Cause he still changes something about his dad's. Ugh, I just can't stand all that confusion. And there was even a poke fun kind of at Marvel where um, Batman is trying to explain how the multiverse works, you know, and he's kind of hinting, it's not like this, which he's talking about the Marvel universe. I'm just done with it. I felt the same way about Spider-Man. I just want there to be one universe. So that's my first critique. And then I think the second one would just be, please stop relying on old stuff. Please just make new stuff. I'm talking to all of you, Disney and Pixar and Warner Brothers, all of you, just please make new content and stop relying on the past. I'm so done with it. I just want to watch a movie that I could understand every reference moving forward. I agree with that. And it kind of wraps up everything at the end where it kind of reveals that this version of The Flash is now stuck in the George Clooney DC universe. So that kind of tells you that Possibly Ezra Miller may not play the DCE, whatever, DCU, whatever they want to call it. He may not play that version of The Flash in the future. So we shall see going forward. I think we're basically done with what we thought about this movie. So that is The Flash. And we did not go through it in a flash. We took our time because this is a pretty big summer movie. Katie, one out of six stars. What would you give The Flash? I started with a five after our conversation. I think I dropped down to a four. I do want to say one final positive because it's an Oreo. You got to start good, hit the middle (laughs) in the end. I do want to say I did genuinely laugh. I felt like most of the jokes worked for me and I found myself laughing out loud in the theater as well as the emotional parts. I think that when things got serious, especially with Ezra speaking to his mom at the end, I had some tears streaming down my face. So I have got to give it a positive rating for that. In fact, I might even bump it up to a 4.5. But all that to say, still can't give it a perfect because of the confusion at the end and the lack of good graphics. I will say before I say my rating that the middle of the Oreo is everyone's favorite part. So why would I don't understand you? So I'm going to go ahead and give you my rating. I'm also going to give it a 4.5. I'm going to give a four and a half because I also... uh, agree that I enjoyed Ezra's performance. I liked Michael Keaton as Batman. I liked the new Supergirl. I hope she does return. And that CGI bucket of crap, that whole thing, I don't even understand why. No, that's why I can't give it anything higher than a 4.5. So that is The Flash. Our next homework assignment, speaking of new and original ideas, Pixar just came out with Elemental. So we'll be reviewing that new Disney Pixar movie next episode. Katie. I am Batman. Thanks for listening to Nadie and Katie at the Movies. Feel free to leave us a review so people can find the show. Follow us on all our social media platforms. And if there's a movie that you want us to watch, feel free to contact us at nadieandkatie at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.